church may be seated. Already taken a hard enough time. I want to read 
read a couple of scriptures, but keep that in mind. Let's go to Psalm 33, verse 6. Psalm 33, verse 6 says this, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Job 33, 4. We're going to jump around to some scriptures tonight. Job 33, 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. See, these terms are all interchangeable, right? God's Spirit and, and His breath. In Genesis 2, 7, let's go there. This is the creation of man, mankind. Genesis 2, 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. So, when we say one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is the giver of life, this is the first thing God reveals to us about His Spirit, is that He is this breath of life. He is the one that animates and through whom these things come along. Job 27 verse 3 says, as long as my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. He's making a vow. As long as this is going to happen, as long as breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. Now, so we're trying to frame the Holy Spirit in a certain way. So it's like, well, if the Holy Spirit is the creative force in us, right? He's the one hovering over the waters. God does a, a creative work, right? So he begins to to separate the waters and the firmaments. He's doing his creative work through the Holy Spirit. Well, where does that lead Jesus? So go to John chapter 1. And it says, John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Finish the sentence. And the Word was what? And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome us. Okay, so we know the word is there. Not so we can see this picture, right? So we have God is there. That's Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. And then the next person we were introduced to is the Spirit of God, the breath of God. Then we, as we read, though, even in the Psalms, we're going to read a couple of minutes, that there's a third person there that has this title of the Word. Now, if you're a Christian, this is not you. I'm not, hopefully, I'm not hitting you with anything you have been around the church for. But the Word was also there in the beginning. John 1 uses that same language as Genesis. He was there in the beginning. When anyone says in the beginning, you automatically know what's coming next, right? In the beginning, what? God created. He was there in the beginning, right? So this, is, again, shouldn't be lost on us. So how do the three of these work together? Let's go to Psalm 33.9. This, this is going to focus in on the word for one more. It says, For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Psalm 33.6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. By the word the heavens were made, and by the host of them, the breath of God. The easiest way, how I like to explain this, is we have God the Father, and He speaks the Word 
But when you speak, what comes out of your mouth? Your breath, right? So I'm sure you've seen this example. There's a lot of ministry to do this. Put your hand in front of your face. Okay. And let's say, let's say hello. Hello. Can you feel your breath in your hand? Can you, can you smell your breath in your nose? That's the first problem, right? No, there's the breath, right? So God speaks the word and the breath goes with it, right? So when God speaks and it is done, you see how it's the word and the spirit together. Does that make sense to you? Can everybody see that picture? I can't hear you, it's just waiting for you guys. I understand. These are all three in harmony and creation. All three are one. There's no separation between the word and the breath. Yet they're unique. The word and the spirit. Okay. Good. Now, let's go to Luke. I'm going to read some uh, chapter verses. So, the Holy Spirit, if you study this out throughout the Bible, if you just look at the Spirit of God and look for his names, uh, look at the word breath. I think there's, a, there's different Greek words Hebrew words, right? And it's all expressed in the same idea. You're going to see a theme that runs throughout the Bible that is, is always life. It's always life. Luke 126. This is the story of Jesus. This is the Christmas story. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And a virgin trough to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the same, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Let's pause there. Okay, this is, this is good news, right? Or is this very troubling news you're married? Good or troubled? Not a trick question. It's very troubling, right? Because let's read the next verse. It's troubling because Mary says, How will this be since I am a virgin? Right? Like, this, this isn't going to happen. Right? This is, this is insanity. Okay, but look what the angel says. He says, the angel answered her, who will come upon him? Answer that. The Holy Spirit. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child uh, to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived the Son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. So what we see here is the Holy Spirit creating life where life has no business being created. Just like the earth that was without form and void. The womb that didn't have the seed, it was missing a crucial ingredient. There was no life. And that womb cannot bear life. Except for there was something different because there was somebody there. The creator and the giver of life, the Holy Spirit. You see that? The Holy Spirit specializes in bringing life where life has no business being. Amen? And that should be good news to you and I. Because it goes on and says, there is nothing that is impossible with God. From dead things can be and are made alive through the Spirit of God. Let's go to John chapter 1.
Jesus has been raised up from the grave, it says in verse 19, John 4, 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands on the side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Verse 22, And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Have you ever noticed that before? Jesus breathes on them. He says, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now hopefully if you hang out with me any length of time, it's, it's just been my pain this year. Is I, I, I love going back to the Old Testament and then looking at it from the, from the lens of the New Testament. And a lot of the New Testament was written to Jews to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. The book of Acts says like they went from temple to temple, like expounding upon the Jewish scriptures, proving through the Old Testament that Jesus was God. Jesus, in this act right here, when he breathed and says, receive the Spirit of God. Again, we didn't go to all the scriptures, but in 30 minutes, I cannot give you a very rolling tour, rolling tour of the Holy Spirit of Testament. He's, he's identifying himself as God. Right? Who else can breathe and release the Holy Spirit? Only one person does that, and that's, that's Yahweh. Right? He's, he's the guy in Genesis 1 who spoke and it became the past, right? And his spirit is hovering. So Jesus here is raised from the dead, and he's, I don't know what you're doing. This is the thing. If I breathe on you, it's going to sound like this. It's going to come from way in the back of the camera, right? It's coming right at you and receive the spirit. I don't know what you Keep your spirit, right? Keep your room. No. You see what's happening here? Jesus identifying as God is the one who's breathing out this life-giving spirit. This act is, is humongous. It can't be overstated. Jesus breathing God's spirit Receive the Holy Spirit. Look at John, go back to John 6, 60. Now this is after the, Jesus said, hey, you can't be my disciple unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, right? Everybody was offended, everybody leaves, the disciples didn't part of them. Like, okay, what was that about, right? Jesus is explaining it to him, but he says a statement. Verse 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh is known all but all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Friends, the Word of God is spirit and in life. Even when you or I speak it, now we are not God, and I'm not here at all saying that I, when I speak, I, I speak out the procreative, life-giving power of God. But His Word is still powerful when it's spoken. Amen? That his word is spirit and it is life. You said the words that I speak to you. When the Father speaks words, do things happen? When Jesus spoke, do things happen? Why do you think he marveled so much when uh, the centurion came to him for healing? He said, look, you don't even have to go. All you have to do is what? Just speak the word. That's like the highest level of faith because that's how God does things. He just speaks. Does God have to, is God limited by time, space, distance? Is anything too hard for God? Right? The fact that this guy came to Jesus and they acknowledged this, just speak. Right? Now knowing what we know about God and his word and his spirit and his breath, his spoken word, 
There's not much work going on right now. Just seek the Lord. This is a theological revelation, right, of the highest level. You seek it. Because as far as I know, there's only one person who speaks and has done ever what the Bible ever tells you about, and that's God. Right? And here's one on earth who also is doing this very thing. Okay, Romans 1 4. Romans 1 4. Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power and according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus was conceived through the Holy Spirit. Life was brought about. Jesus was also raised from the dead by the power of the Spirit. The Spirit was active in both of these. And he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, Chris came up here and led worship, and then she opened up Romans 8. I was like, she's going to ruin it all right here. She's going to read the first. Go to, she didn't. Praise God. I was listening. Like, yes, yes, thank you, Lord. I was going to go shut off the mic a little bit, but she, she skipped over. Or I wasn't paying attention to what she Romans 8, 11. It says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Stop right there. Look up. Don't keep reading. Does, this, does the spirit of him who raised Jesus dwell in you? Yes or no? Yes. That's a yes. Okay? Let me ask again. Does the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead now dwell in you? Yes. Yes. Keep reading now. He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Now, what we're going to focus on next week is the indwelling Spirit. What does that mean for the believer's life? But I want you to think about that. We, we, we probably make 10 to 15 scriptures, and every one of them is miraculous, life-giving thing, right? The Spirit of God creating life, creating life in a womb where there is no seed. A life, raising a life from the dead who then be. Right, a crown of thorns, whipped, stabbed in the side, thrown in the tomb for three days. Could that hold that spirit down? Raised from the dead with glorious power. Amen? That same spirit, the Bible says in Romans, is inside of you right now. That same spirit is all over this earth right now with a ministry and a purpose. And he has a job. He is God. He's here right now. Question I have is it possible then to have this kind of dynamite thing happening inside you and not know it or even be affected by it? Is that possible? And you be filled with the Spirit and not realize it's there. Well, let's look at a couple things. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 19. He says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. I do think it is possible that some Christians are so ignorant and naive in the fact that they have actually been given a down, what the Bible calls a down payment, an earnest, which is the Spirit of God. After the new birth, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. What happens? God has made us alive. How does that happen? Well, it's through Christ Jesus with the Holy Spirit, right? Just like in the beginning was the Word, all things were created through Him. We were made alive through Him. But the Holy Spirit is active in that new birth in regeneration. The Bible says that is our down payment, our earnest, our guarantee of good things to come. 
But sadly, most Christians don't realize that this spirit that is able to do all these things, and he does so much more, we're talking about the last one, is dwelling on the inside of you. If you read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it actually says, he who joins himself to the Lord is actually one spirit. We've got to back up a couple of those. But you're one spirit in the Lord. That's why it says, don't sleep with the prostitute. Because when you do that, you, you've joined together God now with the prostitute. That's how wrapped up your spirit and his spirit have become. Right? You are the temple. Right? You've got to stop doing these things. Because you and God now are that which you're talking to. Now, don't raise your hands because I'm not going to call you out. But I'm sure there are people that are hearing this that have never heard these things before. That your body now is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is His home. He doesn't live in buildings. That's why we, we couldn't meet in our, our, our building. It seemed like everything we got was bad news. Church is canceled. And the elders said that we have to say, well, the church isn't a building. We're the church. Wherever two or three are gathered in His name, that's church. Right? If they outlawed this tomorrow and two of you got together and prayed, that's church. Right? That's, that's the definition of church. It's never been about the building. It's never been about the tents or the shades or the PA or the guitars and all these things. It's humble hearts and reverent obedience to God coming together in His name. Amen? The Bible says Jesus is there. Is there. But I'll tell you who else is there because it's the the person living inside of you is the Holy Spirit. The Holy So, for time's sake, I'm already in the recap. This was like this one. I super pray. There's two things I want you to take away. I'm going to read a big chunk of scripture here. Because next week we're going to talk about what this means for a New Testament believer. And I really think next week we'll be life changing if you don't know some of these things. Number one, as you take notes, is really the first point when this is a recap. All life is a gift from God that is accomplished through the Spirit. You notice that man could not draw a breath out of his own. That God breathed that life into man. Right? The Holy Spirit is the giver of life. Even if we could make a body, we can't handle it. We can't make up in a living soul or a living being that is unique to the Holy Spirit that He makes to live in the future. It's not only true of men, it's also true of all living things that have breath, including all animals. For the Psalm 104, 24, verse 30, Psalm 104. O Lord, how manifold are all your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of, of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships and the Leviathan which you have formed the planet. They all look to you to give them their food in due season. Then you give it to them, and they gather it up. When you open your hand, they, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and they return to the dust. When you send forth your spirits, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Everything that has breath, friends, exists because God wills it to exist and He has created it to exist. And His breath and His word sustain those very things. It says, He withdraws that breath and return to the dust. Can you think of anyone else besides animals when they die and return back to the dust? Yes, yeah. Good. I'm looking at you, buddy. 
No, don't raise his hand. No, don't raise his hand. That's right. You and me both. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my name. Put not your trust in princes and a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to earth. On that very day, his plans perish. So remember, all life is a gift from God. This life is accomplished to move through his spirit, his breath. Number two, recap. Because of Jesus, we are now filled with the same life-giving spirit. And it is not man. We are filled with the spirit for a purpose, friends. Because of Jesus Christ, we have been filled anew. When we were created, we were, we were given the spirit, but death had entered the human race. And it was killing us off, right? We were spiritually dead. And Christ came and gave us a fresh breath of the spirit to make us new again, to, to make us live forever with him. John 16, verse 7. Jesus says this, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus' death accomplished this new relationship we have with the Spirit of God. That instead of God singling out uh, men and women to be to uh, carry the Spirit, to have the Spirit come upon them for a certain tasks, an entire people group to be filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God. The Bible uses all sorts of language. It says, be filled with the Spirit, right? It says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with what? The Spirit, right? We can image of a glass and being dumped into, right? Can you imagine taking a breath? Have you ever held your breath so long you thought you were going to drown and you're like swimming towards the top? And when you take that breath, you know how good that feels? Anyone else in the world done that? Almost drowned? Yeah, all of us have almost done right? That happens. And you think about how good it is to breathe, like how necessary that is. And Jesus knowing you, it's like how much we need this breath of God. And that's what the death accomplished for us. And it's so awesome, Jesus said. And Jesus is awesome. I mean, if there, I think we all agree, right? If you had a time machine, like, it would be cool to go back and see what Jesus was doing, right? As much as it would be cool to go see something weird, which I would also be kind of be about, right? It's like, I'll go to Roswell in 42. I mean, is this, you mean, is it worth it? Should I waste my one trip back in time? At the end of the day, somebody can reason with me and say, you need to go back and see Jesus, right? This would be awesome. And to have the audacity to say, look, it's better that I go away. It's like, are you kidding me? You can raise the dead. You can feed the 5,000. Right? You know that Jesus, I've got news for you. Pump the brakes. It's not better. Had it back ever since she left. It's not better. Right? All of a sudden, it's starting to kill her. But trust me, right? Jesus knows what he's talking about. It is better. And it is better. The problem is, we don't know it's better because we've never developed this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Is on the inside. And he's trying to do things. And he wants to do things, right? But it is a partnership, right? Because as we've read in Corinthians, people were joining themselves to harvest. Paul's like, stop. Don't you know what you're doing? Don't you know this? And unfortunately, right now, is most people in church don't realize the great power that he's on his inside. He's there. It's quiet. And we 
kind of uses these terms of quenching and grieving, but we're getting ahead of ourselves for next week. As we close in prayer, turn your Bibles to Psalm 150. Stand to your feet as you get there. How many people know how many psalms are in the Bible? 150. In the very last psalm, in the very last line of the very last psalm, Let's read that together. Ready? Let everything that breath praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We have breath. Father, every creature, everything that has been created has that breath of life in it through your Holy Spirit. The psalmist tells us here that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Father, everything that is created in this planet is from you. It exists because you will it to exist, Lord God, that you spoke it into existence. Father, it is in we are sustained by the word of your power, Father. We're sustained by your Holy Spirit. And we worship you and we thank you for that. Father, we just pray in this coming week that you would continue to reveal yourself to us as that life-giving spirit, that greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. And the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of me, that there is nothing that is too impossible. The virgin conceives, the dead are raised up. Hallelujah. There are so many things that happen when the Holy Spirit gets involved. A chaotic world is made right. A beautiful garden is planted and prospers. Holy Spirit, would you do your work in us and help us continue to reveal yourself to us? The church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.